Good evening, folks. This is Nick. This is Nick the American. Another episode. Let's go. Let's go. So, what the hell is new? Saudi Arabia. They just beat PGA Tour, right? Did all of these players, Brooks Kepka, um, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, Greg Norman, all of these guys who took big sums of money, do they look like geniuses right now? If you're a PGA Tour player and you didn't take money, are you a fucking idiot right now? Are you feeling like a moron saying, hey, could we rewind about a year, nine months? Can I uh, come over to the live, live Tour? So I've been trying to read a little bit about this. Uh, I've read Monahan, who's the PGA Tour uh, commissioner. He's very vague. The PGA Tour apparently has merged with the Live Golf Tour. Very interesting, right? The Saudis now control American golf, possibly. I'm not really sure what to make of it. I hear the Saudis want to buy F1 racing. You guys heard me, I think, on my very first podcast. Beg the Saudis. Hey, come buy boxing. Nobody owns it. Why not? Come save boxing, Saudis. So what do we think of the kingdom owning American golf? Would is it, It's a global sport, right? And so maybe that's why they're interested. Would they ever be interested in coming in and, and say, trying to take over the NFL? Would we be opposed to that? Or is that, that, I mean, the NFL and football, American football, that's an American thing, right? Where golf, you ha- it's a global sport, okay? We have players on the PGA Tour, on the European Tour. They're, they're, they're from all over the world, okay? F1, if they were to take over racing, it's a global sport. We see them getting into soccer, right? It's a global sport. Would it be different if they came in and tried to take over football? Maybe. I guess I was opposed to Saudi money being involved in the PGA Tour, like Rory McIlroy, like Tiger Woods. I was a traditionalist. I wanted to keep the PGA Tour, the PGA Tour. However, if you're a if, if, if you, your current employer pays you a certain rate and he tells you to work a certain amount of time for that, that pay, right? And then another employer comes along and says, listen, I'm going to triple your salary. And guess what? Instead of working Monday through Friday, you can work Tuesday through Thursday. Who wouldn't take that gig, right? It's really hard to blame Anybody who wants more money and to work less. If there's an employer, the Saudis, offering that, why wouldn't you take it? Now, if you're Tiger Woods and you've got a billion dollars, right? What's another billion, right? It's interesting. I don't know where I fall on this. I don't know how this is all going to shake out. The PGA Tour is going to continue to have control over the tournaments and the rules live golf owns all the money and the tv rights i'm not sure i'm not sure 
anybody who's really pissed about it, right? Upset, you know, hey, 15 to the 19 hijackers on 9-11 weren't from Iraq or Iran. They were from Saudi Arabia. Now, what does that have to do with the kingdom, right? Because some bad apples, you know, crashed planes into some buildings. Was the kingdom involved, right? If, if, if you're upset for whatever reason about the Saudis injecting themselves into American sports, sports in general, stop buying gas, right? Go buy an electric car. If we're going to render the Saudis agree or disagree with how, you know, you know their, their human rights record, how they treat women, what happened on 9-11, right? If we want to boycott the Saudis, maybe sports isn't where we start. Why don't we hit them where it hurts? It's oil, right? It's oil. T. Boone Pickens. Anybody remember the Oklahoma dude? The zillionaire? Billionaire? I've got a plan to make us energy independent, right? Well, T. Boone Pickens had a plan. I don't know what the hell that plan was, and T. Boone has, has passed away uh, since then. But why don't we start buying electric cars? I've got a buddy who's got a car. It had a quarter of a charge left, and he'd gone over a 1,000 miles. 50-year increments, folks. In 50 years or 100 years, in 100 years, will there be gas stations? Will people be filling up their car with gasoline? to get uh, for, for, for $10 a gallon, or will they be charging their car at home? And if that happens, what is the pocketbook? What does the bank account of the Saudi government look like? If the biggest consumer of oil no longer is the biggest consumer of oil in the United States, right? If we want to boycott the Saudis, we need to be, oil independent from them, right? Right now, they dictate, they dictate the price at the pump. I know some people want to blame Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Barack Obama. Uh, oil prices are high at the gas pump, right? Oh my God. I can't believe how bad it's gotten under this president. They have no fucking control. I don't know how I feel about the Saudis injecting themselves in golf, right? But I'm selfish because you've heard me multiple times. Hey, Saudis, if you want to buy a sport, come help my sport, my favorite sport of boxing. It's a global sport. Golf has four majors a year. Saudis, if you want to make the best fight the best, come in and take over boxing, you could have 10, 12 major fights a year. I'm talking super fights, global events. I don't know how this is all going to shake out. I really don't. I really don't. I don't know if I'm for it, if I'm against it. I read Rory McIlroy, who's been the biggest opponent of Saudi money injecting itself into the PGA Tour. He's been the biggest opponent. He seems beaten down and resigned to the fact that this is the way it's going to be. All right. Okay. And again, if you want to boycott the Saudis, go buy an electric car. 50 years, 100 years, what's it going to look like?
Not sure. All right. Moving on. The NHL, it's as I as I sit here today, it's two to one in favor of the, the Vegas Golden Knights. The hell with the Golden Knights. As a Kraken fan, I for some reason I, I'm developing this quick hatred toward the Golden Knights. I'm rooting for the Florida Panthers. You 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 beat the Boston Bruins and you 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 stopped what could have been the greatest season in NHL history. So I'm rooting for the Florida Panthers. Go Panthers. The NBA Finals, it's also 2-1. to one. Miami Heat, Denver Nuggets. Denver leads 2-1. to one. I think I'm rooting for the Nuggets. I'm rooting for the Nuggets. You know, I, I love the Broncos. I want Denver people to be happy. The city of Denver, the state of Colorado, I have a love for you. I want you to be happy. 40 years and no NBA title. Go Nuggets. They're up two to one. They're up two to one. And Jokic looks unbelievable. He's just a different kind of player. So there we go on that. Now let's talk about public schools. I want to talk about public schools. So when me and my wife were first married, she was a first grade teacher. I even proposed to her in front of her first grade class. How about that, folks? Yeah, Nick the American getting down on one knee in front of my wife or my future wife and a bunch of first graders. Love you, honey. Will you marry me? She said yes. Obviously, she said yes. I mean, who the hell wouldn't say yes to this, right? I mean, come on. So she, once we had our first kid, Carter, she stopped teaching full time and became a professional mom. And she is, you know, one hell of a mom. She now substitutes at one school. It's a grade school where my daughter Campbell goes. At Campbell's actually walked into this room right now. Campbell, can you please leave? Daddy's doing a podcast. Well, that's okay. Goodness. There you go. That's real time dad for you. My nine-year-old's actually homesick today. Okay, with a tummy ache. So we're taking care of that, right? Yep, dad's got to adjust on the fly. Anyways, so my wife will go substitute teach at this one school periodically for certain teachers. She only teaches at this one school. And so I hear about all these different stories about what's going on in public schools. Teachers are quitting. They're getting the hell out. They're retiring. They're going into a different industry. The principles are like beaten the fuck down, right? They don't, it just seems to be a disaster. And I'm asking my wife, what's wrong? What's wrong? You know, what, what's the different things that we could potentially do? We teach toward a test. A principal has no autonomy, basically. They're basically just a, how do I put this? I don't know. They have very little power, it seems like. The bureaucracy is so thick within, you know, within the public schools. What kind of change can be made? And so I'm wrapping my head together and like, what could we do to affect public schools in a good way? And I don't want to get political on this, right? Um, I know Republicans for years and years, for God, the last 20 years have said school vouchers, school vouchers. Let's do school vouchers for a private school. Well, Hey, we all can agree. How does that fix public schools? When most kids go to public school, most kids don't go to private school, right? 
not against private school. I'm not against vouchers per se, but I want to fix public schools. How do we do that? The first thing I would want to do is I think every member of the House of United States House of Representatives in their particular districts across the country, we have so we have 435 House members. I think it should be a requirement that those House members substitute teach for one week at a school in their district. Can we all agree as Americans that might be a good idea? I want them, I want them to, to really get in there, right? Uh, live fire. What's it like at, at a particular public school? What are the challenges, right, that the principal and the teachers are facing? Okay. I think every single United States congressman should have to go substitute teach for one week. I also think it'd be a great idea. Local, uh, local representatives, state representatives, you need to substitute teach. Let's get into this problem and figure out what's going on. Because one of the things that we see, it's discipline. It's it's old school, right? It's discipline. And, and probably some of this has to do with COVID the last couple of years. Some of these, these if you're a fourth grader you, and you're going into the fourth grade, you basically don't know what real school has been like. There was two years of COVID, right? You might have been a first grader getting your feet wet. You, I don't even know if they know how to behave. I think parents don't know how their kids should behave in a public school. And so we need to get back to discipline. My wife tells me kids act up. They're, they're habitual offenders. I mean, there's, there's a ton of awful kids, right? They act up, they go to the principal's office, and they come back with a treat. I'm not kidding. They come back with a treat. And they sit down, and then they do the same thing over the next day. How is that possible? Now, the parents, the parents, not my kid, not my kid. This, this is a common theme amongst parents. I know educators are afraid of the parents. They don't want to discipline because they're afraid of potentially being sued by some of these parents. Let me tell you this. If I get a call from school saying your kid has acted up, you need to come to the school. I'm coming to that school ready to kick my kid's ass. Not literally, but I'm going to get in their ass. My kid, I'm going to get in their ass first, ask questions second. Today's parents, by and large, they seem to do the opposite. They come at the school saying, not my kid, not my kid. Wrong approach. Wrong approach. There needs to be protection for public schools, for teachers, for principals to actually discipline kids. Nick, the Americans public schools, there's a new curriculum. It's called discipline, right? It's called discipline. And how do we, how, how, do, how do we execute discipline? I'll give you an idea. I'm reading that principals make somewhere between $125,000 and $300,000 a year. And they have no autonomy to run the school like they want to run the school. Let me tell you this. 
I think we should be paying principals to start $300,000 a year, and they should be given the opportunity over time to make half a million dollars a year. I'm not kidding. Now, if we're going to pay them that much money, we can't tie their hands and say, no, 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 no. You have to do things this way. You've got to teach to this test. You can't discipline the kids. We offer principles three to 500K. We're going to attract the best and the brightest. I would even, do they have to have elementary ed? Do they have to have educational training, right? Why can't we bring somebody in from the private sector? Why can't we bring in a football coach? We should be, I don't care who, we should be attracting the best and the brightest. And then, for example, you hire me at an elementary school, I'm going to bring my staff together. I'm going to find out what's important to me and my staff. We're going to come up with a plan. We're going to start to teach kids based on what we think is important, not what the school district thinks is important. Give the principal autonomy to run the school like he wants to, or he, excuse me, or she wants to run the school. If I'm a football coach, I could run the spread offense. I could run the wing tee. I could run uh, the wishbone. It doesn't matter. I get to mold the damn team how I want to mold it. Because at the end of the day, I'm looking for success. A set of goals to be met. And I get to run the kind of offense I want to run in order to meet those goals. Let's attract the best and the brightest teachers around, professionals around. Let's give them the autonomy to run things how they need to run things. Three to 500K, bring in stud principals, ass kickers, and we start with discipline. Very basic, right? I tell you, if I was the principal, I would have a, a mandatory parent meeting. I'd stand up and I'd let them know this is how it's going to be. These are our goals. This is what we're going to do. Now, if we have a student that is a habitual offender of discipline, and we have a ton of them, let's say we are going to suspend that student. We are going to bring the parents in. There's going to be three strikes. And, and we have to have backup from the state, right? The, or the local school board. There has to be autonomy. Cut through the bureaucracy. You've got to let this principal do what they need to do to turn the school around. Public schools are a mess, partly because of COVID. But partly because of our, our parents and our students and their fundamental lack of discipline, okay? This is not a left or a right thing. I want to discipline our kids. I want backup from our parents. I want backup from the school board. Principals need autonomy to mold their school in, in, in an image that they, that they deem appropriate, they deem successful. Let's bring in the best and the brightest and make them principals. Make it cool to be a principal. Right now, it's not cool. Nobody wants to be a principal and put up with the shit that they have to put up with. They have no autonomy. 
They're scared to death of the parents. They've dealt with COVID. Let's put the power of a school back in the hands of its teachers and its principal. Let them control that that school. And then maybe over time, we can see what's working. Because what right now, I, I don't think whatever we're doing right now, at least in the Renton School District, where I live, it's not working. It's not working. We got to get tough. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of pissed off about public schools. The stories that my wife tells me. Let's make local politicians, let's make congressmen and women Substitute teach for a week. Get on the ground. Learn more. You always hear that from me. Learn more. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I want to support principals. I want to support teachers. I want parents to look at their kids, not with rosy red glasses. Look at your kid like your kid. You're, guess what? Your 10-year-old is lying to you. Your 11-year-old little girl is lying to you. I didn't do anything wrong. Don't back them up. Back up your teacher. Back up your local school. Back up your principal. School boards. State governments. Let's put the power back in the hands of the teachers. Not to a test. Not to some bureaucratic shit that's just impossible to change. They're putting their hands up. They're giving up. What is public schooling going to look like in 50 years if we don't change? If we don't take a butter knife and cut right through the bureaucratic bullshit? Okay? Had enough of that, huh? All right. Hey, I want to congratulate Kevin McCarthy, Republican Speaker of the House, and our good friend, Grandpa Joe Biden. Hey. They passed the debt ceiling, right? They, they, they got the debt ceiling money passed. Little victories, right? Look at Republicans and Democrats working together. It's a little win. You know, Joe should sit down with Kevin. Joe and Kevin should sit down and they should, they should have a, a Budweiser. Uh-oh, maybe not a Budweiser. I know they love transgender people. All right, a Coors Light, whatever. Maybe a big fat Hefeweizen. Maybe a scotch. But those two should sit down and they should have a drink. They should talk about family, friends, whatever. They and they should take pictures of it. They should do the, the you know, the, the song and dance, the videotape it, put it on Fox News, put it on CNN, put it on MSNBC. And and no Republican or no Democrat, a Republican shouldn't go, what's Kevin McCarthy doing sitting down having a beer with Joe Biden? Fuck that. And vice versa. Hey, what's Biden doing sitting down with McCarthy? What a traitor. No, no, no. Little victories. You two celebrate. Congress function. The whole idea of Congress is to compromise. You don't get everything you want in a bill. I'm sure the Dems didn't get everything they wanted in this bill. The Republicans certainly didn't. We compromise. That's what we do as Americans every single day. We compromise. 
So stand up, Joe Biden. Stand up, Kevin McCarthy. Our government functioned, and we got to watch it function. I had my doubts, as did a lot of people, a lot of Americans, I'm sure. I had my doubts. Congratulations, you two. Let's build on that. Let's find another win somewhere else, okay? That's what Americans do. We build off each win. Let's keep building Republicans and Democrats. All right. Now, I'm a baseball fan. I'm a Seattle Mariner fan. Seattle Mariners have never been to the World Series. We went to the playoffs last year for the first time in like 21 years. 22 years. I don't even know what the hell it was. It was a fun ride. And all offseason, we were told it was World, it's World Series time. We are going to make some moves in the offseason. Holy moly. We're going to make this ball club even better. And, and, and I know Major League Baseball teams across uh, across MLB, their fan bases were told the same thing, right? And not everybody has the New York Yankee payroll or the Boston Red Sox or the Chicago Cub payroll, right? But teams everywhere are trying to get better and they're trying to sign these players, okay? And in Seattle, we were just told, this is the year, right? This is the year that we're going to spend. Well, the Seattle Mayors really didn't go out and spend in the offseason. They picked up multi- Tommy LaStella, A.J. Pollock, Colton Wong, and all of these guys are right now a fucking disaster, okay? A disaster. As are lots of free agents all across MLB. The, the, the hard thing about a Major League Baseball player, it's really hard, especially today in today's age, to predict what they're going to do. The you know, Hey, they have a career year, or they have a good year, or a bad year. What are they going to do the next year? It's almost impossible. Some guy could hit 310 with 40 home runs and 120 RBIs, and the next year he could hit 255 with half as many home runs and half as many RBIs. It's crazy. It's very difficult to predict what a player is going to do from year to year. I, you know, I actually liken the NFL quarterback position is literally impossible to evaluate. We have guys that are, are, you know, are drafted high and they're in the league for one, two or three years. And you still don't know how to evaluate them. What do we think about Trey Lance? He's been in the league like three years. Trevor Lawrence, he looks like a stud, but I'm not sure. Still, every Major League Baseball player is like that. It is so hard to evaluate. Hey, are they going to be able to come up and hit a 94-mile-an-hour slider? You don't know. You don't know. Just like you don't know, is this quarterback going to be able to read a defense literally instantaneously as the defensive coordinators trying to confuse them with coverage looks, are they going to be, we know they can get to their first read, but can they as easily get to their third read? You don't know how to predict that. And so I brought up the Seattle Mariners because the fan base is up in arms right now. We didn't go out and get the bats that we needed. We didn't go out and do what we were supposed to do. And I wanted to highlight we were supposed to be the, the Mariners, along with a zillion other teams, in the running for these four superstar trans I mean, transitional 
players. I say transitional. I'm such an idiot, right? Yeah, my vocab's really good. These shortstops that were going to change, be, be an absolute difference maker for their respective clubs, whoever signed them, okay? I'm talking about Dansby Swanson, shortstop for the Cubs. I'm talking about Xander Bogarts, shortstop for the Padres. I'm talking about Trey Turner, shortstop for the Phillies. And I'm talking about Carlos Correa, the shortstop for the Twins. All four were free agents. All four Seattle Mariner fans were salivating over. Oh, my God. We've got to get them. We've got to get them. This will change everything. Well, Seattle Mariner fans and, and, and fans that missed out on these players and the fans who were part of teams that landed these players, let's see how they're doing. Carlos Correa signed the shortest of these four, the shortest deal. A six-year, $200 million deal. Six years, $200 million. The six years isn't so bad, right? You know what, Carlos? Here's Carlos Correa's current stats. He's batting 204. He's got six home runs and 24 RBIs. He's 28 years old. He's got six years on his deal at $200 million, and he can barely hit above 200. Are you kidding me? Six years, $200 million? Hey, Seattle Mariner fans, good thing we didn't sign Correa. We'd be no different. Let's look at the Philadelphia Phillies. Ooh, they signed Trey Turner. <laughs> they signed Trey Turner. Trey Turner is 29 years old, ladies and gentlemen. 11 years, $300 fucking million. 11 years. They got him till he's 40. He's supposed to be in his dead ass physical prime. He's batting 240. He's got seven home runs and 19 RBIs. Are you kidding me? That's what you're getting for $300 million? Hey, Seattle Mariners, good thing we didn't sign Trey Turner, right? We'd be in the same boat as we are right now. We'd be behind Texas and behind Houston with no hope. We'd still suck. Moving on, the San Diego Padres with their all-star lineup at every position, right? They signed Xander Bogarts. He's 30 years old, folks. 11-year contract, $280 million for Xander Bogarts. He's batting 252. He's got seven home runs and 21 RBIs. They've got him till he's 41 years old. He's a below average major leaguer right now, and he's supposed to be, like I said, in his dead ass prime. Hey, MLB teams, if you avoid it, if you wanted Xander Bogarts and you didn't get him, so what? Right? Lastly, Dansby Swanson. He got the best contract. Not 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 him personally. If if you were a fan of a major league team, he goes to the Chicago Cubs, 7 years, 177 million. Of all four of these guys, I take Swanson and his 7 year 177 million. He's 29 years old. So every guy that I mentioned is either 28, 29 or 30. Dansby Swanson, 
for $177 million is hitting 263, the highest of the guys I mentioned, the shortstops. He's got six home runs and 26 RBIs. Okay. Got him on a contract for the next seven years until he's 36 years old. I bring up all four of these shortstops because my Seattle Mariners were in their running. They are the fan base wanted desperately to get one of these four guys. And I'm telling you for two, 300 million and, and having to sign a guy, a 30 year old player to a decade long contract. It's a joke. It's a joke. You better have money to burn as an owner. I mean, what are the Padres going to do with Xander Bogarts when he's 37 years old and he's batting 188? Are they going to keep trotting him out there? Are they just going to eat it? Because I know a lot a lot of MLB teams can't eat it. Can you imagine in the NFL, Bobby Wagner, well, Bobby Wagner is going to be a Hall of Fame linebacker, right? He's getting up there in age, right? And he's going to sign a, he signed like a one-year deal with the Seahawks, come back with the Seahawks after the Rams cut him. The NFL pays you for what you do today. They don't pay you for what you did yesterday. They don't give you long-term deals. Can you imagine if the Seahawks to land Bobby Wagner had to give him a nine-year deal? How would that look? The NFL would be less competitive. Now, good for Major League Baseball, right? These players have guaranteed deals. But buyer beware. They need the, the MLB needs to get together and collude. They need to get together at the owners' meeting and say, listen, enough of these fucking 10-year contracts. Enough. Seattle Mariner fans, we avoided somewhat of a disaster because we're 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 not we're not going to shell out New York Yankee Boston Red Sox kind of money. This could have been a disaster. But either way, we suck right now, and we're not catching Texas. We're not catching Houston. Had we have gotten one of these guys, we would still suck, and our payroll would be tied up. It'd be tied up for a long time. The only guy in the MLB, who, who's living up to their giant contract? It's Judge. It's the Yankee bopper. Look at his numbers. I don't have them off the top of my head, but he's living up to what he signed. There's like one guy. No, hey, the Mariners needed a DH, a designated hitter. There was, and everyone says, oh, the traditional big bop DH is dead. You've got to go by committee. The Mariners tried that, and it's failed miserably. I'm sure other for, uh, other MLB teams are going through something similar to the Mariners. There was a guy out there named J.D. Martinez. Hey, Red Sox fans, you remember J.D.? J.D. Martinez is that traditional D.H. I don't even think my Mariners whiffed, even sniffed at him. He signed a one-year $10 million deal. He's batting 276. He has 15 home runs and 43 RBIs. He was only good... He's only good enough to give him a one-year, $10 million deal. Seattle could have given him a two-year, $20 million deal and taken arguably the best DH in baseball. Oh, no, he's a little old. The dude can just mash. But finding the J.D. Martinez, the guy that's going to hit what his baseball card says he's going to hit, 
is becoming more and more and more difficult. What do we do about long-term contracts in Major League Baseball? Come on, teams, wisen up. You can't give them out. You cannot give them out unless you have money to burn. And maybe, maybe I don't think the Twins have money to burn with Correa. Do the Phillies with Turner? Maybe the Padres seem like they've got money to burn. And we know the Cubs. We'll see how it impacts them. I'll be very curious to see how these four shortstops look in three or four years. Is is this just a down year for each of them as they're 30 years old? Or is this the beginning of the end as they begin their long-term contracts? All right, no more Major League Baseball. I've got to cover it, folks. I've got to cover it. Trump, he was indicted again. I did everything right, and they indicted me. Indicted again. First, it was paying porn stars money to shut them up. Now, he just got indicted over the documents, uh, the compartmentalized, highly classified documents. Republicans should not be upset by this. You were told for months by Trump's own attorney general, Bill Barr, He's going to be indicted. Bill Barr said this. Uh, and I think the counts under the Espionage Act uh, that he willfully retained those documents are solid counts. Now, I, I do think we have to wait and see what the defense uh, says and, and, and what proves to be true. But I do think that even half well, what Andy McCarthy said, which is if even half of it is true, then he's toast. Hey, keep in mind, Donald Trump called Bill Barr what? Possibly the greatest attorney general of all time. And Barr is letting everybody know he was going to be indicted. Well, he just got indicted. Okay. He just got indicted. Barr said the government wanted the highly classified documents back. They went, they talked to Trump through legal avenues. Trump returned returned all those documents or so he said he did not he did not we still don't know what he has or what he had what they confiscated okay but this is the second time he's been indicted just like the first indictment i said everybody just follow it just follow it if you love the the sexy appeal of hunter biden and joe biden Right. Or that Hillary Clinton is somehow a global criminal and she's Carmen Sandiego. Then you got to love these Trump indictments. Right. There's actual facts. Hardcore evidence. They've got Trump on tape. They've got they've got these document rooms on tape. Right. As these documents are being moved around. He's still got two more potential indictments. He's got January 6th, and then he's got the Georgia election fraud, which I'm telling you, if you've got an hour and five minutes of your time and you listen to Donald Trump call Brad Raffsenberger and the state of Georgia trying to overturn the election, it's priceless. It's priceless. It's scary. It's a 
fucking joke. He may be indicted four times. When does it not become a witch hunt? When does it not become political? Right? When do Republicans say, hey, it's Ron DeSantis. It's anybody but Don. I don't see that happening. Republicans stand up. I don't think Richard Nixon was a crook. I don't, he wasn't a crook, right? He was a paranoid politician. He was he was not a crook. If Trump would have done what Nixon would have done, no one would have given a flying fuck. It would have been washed under the carpet. It would have been no big deal at all. Had Nixon have done everything Trump did, he would have been a crook. Trump is that crook. And at some point, Republicans, you've got to stand up. You've got to stand for something, right, against this man. When is that? The first indictment, banging a porn star and paying her to shut up? Hoarding the most sensitive classified documents that we have? We, again... Don't call it bullshit. You don't even know what documents he took. And one of the problems with this is Trump thinks that they're his. He doesn't understand that the American presidency belongs to us, the people. Hey, Trump, if you meet with a Japanese prime minister and he gives you a priceless samurai sword, it's the people's. And there's a process through the National Archives that you must go through to get that sword back to put in your museum or your library one day. There's a process. You don't get to keep what you want. Two more indictments to go. Stand up, Republicans. This guy is no good. He told you, he told you when he was running against Hillary Clinton that I could shoot somebody on First Avenue. My supporters are still vote for me. I could shoot, I could shoot somebody on First Avenue, Trump said. And you will still vote for me. Guess what? If my idol, one of my idols, Barack Obama, ever said, you know, I could shoot somebody on First Avenue. And African-Americans and my voters will still vote for me. If Barack Obama ever said that, I'd be out. I'm done. You don't talk to me like that, Barack. And, of course, he never would. Trump told you guys you're a bunch of bitches you guys will vote for me i shoot somebody you'll vote for me bitch well you know what it's time to stand up to the king it's time to take your party back if one indictment's not good enough maybe two is if two isn't good enough maybe three is maybe he will go four for four watch the evidence follow the evidence as if it was hillary clinton aka carmen san diego and then See what you think. Stop protecting this man, please. Son of a bitch! All right. I think I've had enough of you guys, and you guys have had enough of me. Hey. This is Nick the American. Who the hell knows what episode it is. But go out and volunteer. Go out and perform your civic duty. Go be great. Until then, 
This is Nick the American. And I'm going to go take a nap. Talk to you later. Bye.